I'm messing around. It's time to get, to get down to business. Um, so, uh, like Cody said, um, I love leadership. I, I love investing in my own personal growth. Um, early on in my life, I just got, just got kind of this bug for how far I could push myself and how I could develop myself and, and just really dug into just what that means and what that looks like, you know, even though I've been at this for a long time. Um, I wouldn't call myself a leadership expert, probably more like a leadership enthusiast. So, um, but it's super, super important. And so... Uh, so tonight, as you guys, it's probably in your program, uh, the topic of my message is this question, how can I guarantee success in life? And you're saying, that's a really good question. I know, because I've asked that, self to my, my, that question to myself many, many times. But this is the deal, is that the problem is, is that many of us don't have a plan at all to be successful. Um, we have systems in our life, we all have them, they're either systems for our success or there's systems for our failure. And so part of being success, successful is learning how to say successful and uh, is to create systems that will really help you be, move forward and, and, and really create traction in your life. Um, what I have found and what I've, even in my own life, is that I, I, didn't know, I didn't know how to achieve success. I didn't know what it really meant. Um, I didn't even really know what it looked like when I got there. Like, is this success? Have I got there? Is this success? I didn't really know. Um, and, and really that kind of, you know, when we're in that place, it leaves us feeling confused and overwhelmed, feeling like we don't have what it takes, and really feeling like a failure if we don't really have it figured out. And, and what I've found, as I've met with many, many business leaders who we would all deem successful over the years, we have all felt that way. We've all felt like, hey, I quite don't have this figured out. A, a great little story. I want to share real quick is a really, one of my mentors, a good buddy of mine, got his MBA from Northwestern. And the very first day that he was in his class, a room full of executives, CEOs, CFOs, people with C's in front of their you know, titles. Um, and the, the, the instructor asked, I said, how many people here in this room feel at some level in their life like they're a fake or they're a failure or like aren't qualified to be in this room? Everybody in the room raised their hands. And he said that was the most confidence-building thing in his whole entire life because I thought I was the only one that felt like I didn't have it figured out. And so guess what? None of us have it figured out. We're all figuring it out along the way. So hopefully you're wondering how you're going to create success in life because if you are, then this is going to be helpful for you tonight. If you're not wondering, then just act like it was the best time you've ever experienced. So um, let's pray together real quick. God, thank you so much for your goodness and that uh, in your word and just in your ways, you show us what success really is, um, that you give us this picture that we can look at and that we can follow. And I just pray tonight as um, I've gotten this great privilege to come and speak here, that you would, that you would speak through me, that you would give um, these people in this room some things that they can take away from tonight that um, would make them better and that would give them traction for moving forward life. We thank you, God, for your goodness. In your name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to guide you through some steps, and uh, we have a secret church. I'm going to give you some secrets on, uh, on, on being successful. And I'm actually going to give you, there is a long list, and I told Paul I had to edit, because <laughs> otherwise this would have been a seminar. This would have been a six-hour message, you know. It's, uh, but down to some core things that really if you apply these things in your life, 
I, will, I can guarantee you that you'll have success if you apply these things in your life. You'll have real and lasting success. And they're based on these common denominators that I have seen with successful people. Um, things that the people that have been, I've been fortunate enough to be my mentors, people that I've watched that um, I've got to just see um, the fruits of their lives. Um, these are the, some common denominators that I've seen in them. Um, one caveat, I don't have this figured out. I'm, I'm still figuring it out. I'm on, I'm on this journey of, of learning, and, um, and that's another thing you'll find out if you get to know me better. Like, I want to be better tomorrow than I am today, and I, I'm just trying to learn everything that I can learn, and it's a process of figuring it out. And I can promise you you're going to hear something tonight that you've heard before because I'm not smart enough to come up with something new. <laughs> but I'm hoping that my unique perspective or experiences on these things will, will help you see them in a way that will be helpful to you. So, um, so a quick question before we kind of dig in, and I reveal the secrets. There's secrets. Um, by a show of hands, who would like to be more successful in life? So, I can't, is somebody actually not raising their hand back over there? Okay, bouncer, we show them out. Wrong meeting, <laughs> wrong meeting. Well, that's good. Every person I've ever met, I've never met somebody who doesn't want to be better, that doesn't want better, that doesn't want more, that doesn't want to achieve more in their lives, that, you know, um, I'm sure they exist. I don't know if I want to meet them. So, all right, good. You guys ready? You guys ready for the secrets? Okay. Um, okay, but we're not going to do that yet. So, so real quick, real quick. So help me out. Just, you know, feel free, you know, be brave. What are some things that um, we view as success? Money. Okay, we got money. Job, career. Possession, stuff, yep. Fame. Beautiful family. That's right. You see my family picture? Aren't these the best looking kids ever? <laughs> it's like a face only a mother could love. <sighs> I was told that I had a face for radio, and it took me about 10 years to realize what that meant. <clears throat> so, all right. Those are all super good things. Um, and, and those might be some of the things that God gives you as part of his package for your success. In fact, the Bible says that um, God uses the wealth of the godly to enhance their lives. And that's one those things, having money, having a nice car, having a nice house, could be ways that God gives you and, and blesses you. Um, but I want to do a little exercise with you guys, and, and, and bear with me here. Everybody has to participate. I want you guys to all close your eyes right now. Everybody close their eyes for a minute. Now, I want you to just take a minute, and I want, to, I want you to think about what that, the most successful thing, like what your life looks like in perfection in your mind. I want you to think about that right now. So we really want you to dig down deep at what that might look like, whatever that is. Now, you might be imagining the career, or the house, or the smoking hot wife, <laughs> the handsome husband. You know, you know, it could be all of those things, you know, so open your eyes. I want to tell you something, whatever you're thinking about, and I, I can imagine some of you guys have big imaginations. It's not any of that. Because <laughs> you know why? This is the first thing I want to let you know, because God's idea for my success is bigger and better than I can ever imagine. 
So what I'm learning is as big as I've been able to dream what my life looks like, God always delivers way better and way bigger than anything that I can picture. One of the great things about this is that God thinks bigger. In Isaiah 55, chapter 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And not only does he think bigger, God has this ability to think way beyond our own ability to comprehend. I I love this scripture in Job 37. It says, God thunders wondrously with his voice. He does great things that we cannot comprehend. He does great things that we cannot comprehend. He does things that we can't even think of that he's going to do in our lives. And they're his plans. They're his plans for our future, and he has plans for our future. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And he has plans for our future, and they're his plans. In Proverbs 16, it says, the heart of the man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And they're his purposes as well for our lives. In Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So it's pretty awesome that God says right in his word that he's going to do great things for us beyond our ability to comprehend, that he has this amazing thing in mind for us, this picture that we cannot ever picture in our own mind of what he has specifically for each one of us in our own lives. Now, before I give you the secrets, I got to tell you some other stuff. So it's part, it's part of this. You know, I got I to I build this suspense. So, you know, you guys keep me around and don't send me out of the building. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. I'm going to drop the mic. That's my only mic drop of the night right there. <laughs> Hopefully I don't kick that up. So um, Cody did a great job of talking about kind of what I, my adult life, some of the things that I've, that, I've, that I've been able to be involved in and been very blessed by. Um, I'm the oldest of two boys. Um, so I was born and raised in a small town of less than 2,000 people. Uh, my family was kind of working poor. You know, we kind of lived paycheck to paycheck. I think there were some times during our childhood growing up that we were actually on food stamps. Um, had a lot of secondhand clothes. Some third-hand clothes, I'm sure I did in the midst of that. Um, my parents divorced when I was 11. I moved to Chica when I was 13. I was raised primarily by my mom. Um, I barely graduated high school, and I'm not quite sure I actually graduated. I think they're just like, okay, go. Get out of here. <laughs> you guys have already done better than me because I struggled with college. I tried and failed at college like three separate times. I just could not make it work. I got married at 20. So, um, and, uh, so, and I had two kids by 23. So um, I want to go real quick backly to that. I barely graduated high school. So the, they let me take a senior picture. They're like, here you go. This is your one novelty to get out of here. Um, yeah, and so, you know, I got married young, um, and uh, by the time I was 23, I had two kids, so um, I didn't waste any time, you know, taking on some responsibilities. And in that process, I recognized that um, I was really struggling as a husband, as a father, to, to just figure stuff out. I was like, you know, um, 
I, I knew that I wanted to get better and didn't really know. And so on the process of that search of me trying to figure it out, um, you know, I, I, I found and accepted Jesus when I was 24 years old. I was baptized on October 13th, 1991. Um, and so um, that was a really a pivotal thing, a pivotal choice in my life that it, it, it made a lot of positive changes. I say this because I didn't come from a successful family. Um, I didn't come from money. I didn't come from an inheritance. Um, my family identified as Christians. You know, I think we made it to church on Easter and Christmas, maybe. You know, I really had no leadership there in my life. There was nobody who was really setting the pace for that. Um, you know, um, my family didn't really have any major success stories. Um, you know, we struggled probably like most families to get by as a kid. And I don't want you guys to get me wrong. That's like, poor me, because I actually don't think I had a terrible childhood. Maybe I didn't know any better, but I actually really enjoyed being a kid and really enjoyed growing up. Um, you know, I, share, I really share this to kind of just, you know, I'm a normal person. I think most people's lives have a similar story or a similar journey. Not, uh, there's no such thing as a perfect life, right? Um, you know, I'm nothing special, though God and my mother might disagree with that. Um, you know, but I didn't have a head start. I didn't have a head start, but God has actually allowed me, and I use the word allowed, he's allowed me to experience a life that I could, I could never have dreamed of. You know, the, the picture that I had for my life when I was 14 or 16 or 18, I was 20, is nothing of what it's turned out to be, and it's so much better than what I was able to conceive in my own brain. Um, he's given me an amazing 30 years with my wife. She is awesome. Some of you might know her. She's She's pretty much the person who made me, beside God. Um, blessed me with two great kids. I'll put those up there. Yeah. Ian actually used to be a part of the challenge band back in the day. So, um, you know, and he's blessed me personally, and he's blessed me in ministry. He's, best, he's blessed me professionally. And again, he's allowed me to kind of make some discoveries as I've gone through this journey of trying to figure it out, trying to figure out how to be better. Um, to make some discoveries of what I would consider to be a successful life. He's allowed me to use my gifts and my strengths in a way that are, are very, very pleasurable for me and um, in a way that I thoroughly can enjoy. I like doing what I do. Um, and he's blessed me beyond my expectations. He's really blessed me beyond measure. Sometimes I have to pinch myself and say, really, this is, wow, this is so good, you know, so good. You're so good to me. And uh, you can put this next photo up. God allowed this <laughs> crazy, squirrely, rough around the edges kid. And if you knew me at this age, or knew me at 18 or 20, and you know me now, you're like, oh my God, God is a miracle worker. So that says everything about my personality. I think I was probably 11 years old in that picture. So that's why I put that up there. So I'm nothing special, but I managed to figure it out. I'm nothing special, and I managed to figure it out. Say, so turn to your neighbor and say, if Michael can figure this out, so can you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. All right. So, all right, we're getting closer to the secrets. But before I tell you the secret, uh, let's set the stage for what success really means. Right? I'm going to give you some things that are going to help you be successful, but we need to know what success is before we get there, right? So, um, 
you know, success is such a nebulous term these days. We talked about these different things we threw out there. Some people just think fame is about being successful, right? We all know that that's not really success. Money is sometimes what we think being successful, but a lot of really sad and depressed rich people, that isn't success, you know? Um, You know, we spend a lot of energy pursuing things that are the wrong things. Uh, We spend a lot of time chasing things that are uh, like like chasing the wind. Um, There's this great picture of success being like climbing a ladder, right? And it's important to make sure that when you're climbing this ladder that you've got your ladder against the right wall, right? Many people who are climbing the ladder to success have their ladder against the wrong wall, and guess what? Every step that you're taking up the ladder of the wrong wall is, a, is one step closer to a terrible life. And so you want to make sure that you've got your ladder against the right wall. Now, what is the right wall? I like this picture. Harold Bullock, who's you know, is a mentor of mine and a few of us here in this room, sums up success as being faithful in God's assignments and that the path and systems to success is wisdom that does what is righteous towards God, just towards people, and prudent towards a task. There's some great scriptures here that I'm going to read, but basically what that means in less fancy words is be faithful, do the right things in the right ways, right? Be faithful, do the right things in the right ways. Proverbs 20, 20 says, a faithful man, a faithful man, faithful woman, will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. So it's important that we have our ladder against the right wall. Matthew 25, 21 says, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. We want to be faithful. We want to have our ladder against the right wall. Ecclesiastes 10.10, and this, is, this scripture is more about perfecting the tools to make life easier and to make your way easier in life, and using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the blade, dummies. It doesn't say that, but that's my version, the Michael Coogan translation. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. And, and, and the secrets that I'm going to give you in a minute are going to help you sharpen your axe. They're going to help you have some tools. They're going to help you be more successful. <laughs> as I spent time, as I spent time with successful people, for example, the three gentlemen that were here not that long ago, Randy, John, and Jim, those are all people that I personally know and I've personally got to spend time with, as well as a half a dozen other people that I spend close time with who I would consider to be successful, most importantly because of the fruit that comes from their lives. Right? I see the fruit in their lives, and I want to be like them. I've made some of these observations. So along with this idea of being faithful, I've kind of expanded upon this a little bit with this idea of flourishing. So flourish is actually my word for the, for the year. I do a word every year. And flourish, by definition, it's kind of an awkward word. It's, you know, I thought it sounded a little girly when I picked it. But um, it means to grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way. I think that's an appropriate word for being successful, right? We want to grow in a healthy, but also in a vigorous way. And and, and how I see this, I see this as basically having success not just in one category of life, 
It's having success in my marriage, in my family, in my fitness, in my health, in my relationships, in my ministry, in my work, in my community, in my significance, in my, in, in my meaning, and, and doing so in a way that they benefit and multiply each other right? It's a blend. It's a blend. It's a unique blend for each one of us. It's unique for me. It's unique for you. It's unique for you. It's not a balance. It's a blend. It's a blend of these things because God has a different painting, a different picture that he has for each one of us. So success, in my opinion, is to flourish. It's a full, focused life lived to the fullest with every ounce of your being. I love this quote from Aristotle. Aristotle had this to say in regarding to flourishing. It's the innate potential of each individual to live a life of enduring happiness, penetrating wisdom, optimal well-being, and authentic love and compassion. Success is reaching our fullest potential in every part of our life. All right, now that I've got to spend some time painting this picture and I've been leading you on for a while, uh, I have six common denominators of success, and that's what I'm going to call them. And I, I, really, I really do believe with all of my heart, if you were to apply these to your life with any kind of regularity, um, that I can guarantee that you will experience success in your life. Okay, number one. Let me make you wait for it a little bit. Number one is be faithful and obedient in your walk. It's number one. This is a common denominator that I've seen with successful people. Basically, read the Bible, study what it says, and and do what it says. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) It's number one for a purpose. Um, The successful people that I know fear the Lord trust in the Lord, they have humility, they have teachability, and they're able to endure patiently. And um, here's just a couple of scriptures related to that. Deuteronomy 6.24, and the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him so we can continue, so he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives and he's, as he's done to this day. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made him the Lord of their hope and confidence. They're like pleased trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. It's such a great picture of what God wants to do in our lives. And in Psalms 26, 9, he leads the humble in doing right and teaching him his way. Obedience and faithfulness is that first secret, that first common denominator of success. Read the Bible, do what it says. Really? Read the Bible, do what it says. Number two, after you've read the Bible and done what it says, you are going to have a plan for growth. Right? Have a plan for growth. Growth is the only guarantee that tomorrow is going to get better. Period. Growth is the only guarantee that tomorrow will be better. Um, Successful people I know have a plan for growth. Um, Growth happens with a plan. Growth takes self-discipline. And self-discipline moves you from good intentions to good actions. 
You know, a discipline, I like to say this, the guys in my group hear this, a disciplined life is an effective life. I have, I have proven that in my own life because I've struggled with a lack of self-discipline in a lot of things, and as I've really tried to whip that into shape and, and, and created some discipline and some structure around some things that I do, I have seen the results in my life pretty quickly with being disciplined. Proverbs ten seventeen says, the road to life... The path to success, the road to life, is a disciplined life. Ignore correction and you're lost for good. <laughs> okay, that's pretty clear. The secret to any success that I've had in my life has been connected to personal growth. It started when I committed my life to Christ, and it's been bit by bit, piece by piece, over the course of time. Um, the reality is, is that personal growth and this plan for personal growth it really isn't a plan in most people's life. It's not typically a consideration. There's this hope and there's this want. I want to be better. I want this. I want that. But there's never really any plan to make that happen and to do that. Most people spend more time planning Christmas than they spend planning their lives. That's the reality of it. Um, growth doesn't happen on accident. It doesn't. It requires a plan. And, you know, everything worthwhile is uphill. My guys in my group will know where this comes from. Everything worth, worthwhile is uphill. No one accidentally goes uphill. I was thinking about this the other day when I was studying. You know, it's like no one arrives to the top of the mountain by accident. Could you imagine, like, some Sherpa looking at some guy at the top of Mount Everest? It's like, how'd you get here? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's like, it, I was just walking, and all of a sudden, I was on top of the tallest mountain in the world. It's like, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's just like, there has to be a plan. The reality of it is, is that I'm a coaster, and I have to fight coasting. Most people want to coast in life. Most people want it easy. Because guess what? Coasting is easy, because coasting is going downhill. But you know where going downhill gets you? to the bottom. And I don't want to be on the bottom. I want to be on the top, right? So, like, so I don't want to coast. I want to do the work to get to the top. You're not, you're not going to grow. If you're going to grow, you need to be intentional about your growth. And, and this is one of the things that I have seen is that growth is the great separator between those who succeed and those who do not. It, it, is, it is the separator between those who succeed and those who do not. So we're going to be obedient and faithful, we're going to develop a plan, um, and then we're going, to, we're going to get started with that plan. Um, and the next thing, um, common denominator or secret number three, is figure out how God made you. The two greatest days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. To me, that scripture says that God has a plan. He's made us in a very specific way to do specific things that he's already said, Michael, I've given you these gifts. I've given you these skills. I've given you these passions. Now go take them and use them, right? Sometimes we don't know what those are, and we have to work to figure it out. The successful people that I know in life take the time to find out how God has made them. You know, they figure out what qualities that they have, what skills they possess, and how it will benefit them and how it will benefit others. You are uniquely you. You are uniquely you. Um, and uniquely made by God. 
And he's giving you very specific gifts and skills, and he has a calling, and he wants to use those in the world for his purposes. Um, this is a great, po- a great uh, quote from poet Samuel Johnson. Almost every man wastes part of his life in attempts to display qualities which he does not possess. And uh, you guys are younger than me. <laughs> and uh, you guys have a lot of opportunity to figure this out, right? There's a lot of people who are way late in life and have never figured this out. And, and uh, you guys are in the perfect places in your life to figure this out, how God has made you and how God can use you. And, uh, and it's, I'm excited for you guys because, you know, I'm kind of a late bloomer to figuring some of this stuff out. Um, Understanding your makeup and how you're wired is going to be an incredible benefit in your life in in navigating it, navigating life, and navigating others. Um, Real quickly, again, this is a section I had to edit in order to not go for three hours. Um, There is a lot of things that you can do. One is you can pray that God will really reveal how he's made you and how he's wired you, right? Um, Sometimes that's clear. Sometimes you already know. You know, other thing is ask other people, what do you see, what do you see I'm good at, you know, or things that I have skills in, you know, I'll give you a great example. I'm really good at talking and, but I'm not really good at being sympathetic. Like it's something that I have to, I'm not, I have to work on being empathetic. It's, you know, ask my wife. I have to work on that, you know, but there's some other things too. Like for me, that was very helpful was doing some, some wiring assessments like the Myers-Briggs or the DISC assessment, or strength finders. Um, They were good tools for me to kind of get a sense of how God made me and how, you know, who is this guy, Michael, and what's he supposed to do? Um, But you're going to get the greatest return in your life when you align your gifts um, with your passions. And and then that's the next part of it is number four is find where you fit. You figure out how God has made you. You're a good speaker. You're a good leader. You're a good server. You're a good builder with your hands. You're a good singer. You're a creative. You're a good teacher. You're a good pastor. Whatever that is that God has given you uniquely to you in a very special way. And then you got to figure out where that goes and how you're going to plug that in. Successful people know how they're wired and they find out how it fits into the world. 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. You know, what are you going to do with your life? Life goes by fast, and like I said before, there's nothing worse than being 60 or 50 or 40 or older than you are now. And, uh, you know, not having it figured out, you know, doing the wrong things for the wrong reasons. Uh, Many Office fans in here. Anybody watch Office? Oh, good. Dwight, my good buddy Dwight. <laughs> Rain Wilson, who is uh, the, the guy who plays Dwight, who's almost equally as weird in real life. Um, I was reading this interview with him, and he was just talking about his career and how it was, he didn't really get started in really breakthrough as an actor until he was in his 30s trying to figure some stuff out. He was working in New York, and I think he was driving a taxi cab and delivering pizzas, doing a bunch of stuff. And um, But this is a really great quote in the interview. He says, God has given us talents and faculties, and it's up to us to discover them, expand them to their maximum, and use them for maximum service to the world. Who knew that Dwight Schrute could be so smart? <laughs> so good. So, yeah, I was like, I'm using that one. I saw that quote. I'm like, I'm using that one. So, anyway. So, the next thing I want to tell you a little bit about this whole part of finding how where you fit is 
slow down. We have been programmed by our culture, sometimes our parents, sometimes our friends, that we are to go to high school, we're going to go to college, and then we're going to get a great job, and we're to have it all figured out, and it doesn't work like that. It does not work like that. I, I, here's, a, here's, a, here's a great thought on this. And, uh, so if you're going to go out to a nice dinner, right? You're going to go out to a nice dinner, and, and a nice dinner is like takes a couple hours. Let's just, we'll just say it takes a couple hours. Maybe a nice dinner is, you know, you buying off the value menu and getting something at fast food. But so it's going to take you a couple hours, and you're going to spend at least five minutes, right, to decide where you're going to go out on this nice dinner. And it seems reasonable that you're going to spend 5% of your time to determine what the the remaining 95% of that time is going to look like, right? So what if you did that with your career or your future? That would be 4,000 hours, right? You think most people work 40 hours, 40 years. That would be 4,000 hours. So that's about two working years to spend figuring out what you're going to do with the rest of your life. To me, that seems like a really reasonable thing to do, that we should not necessarily follow this formula, but slow down, figure out how God made us so that when we plug in, we're plugged in and we're fully activated for full service, right? Full service for getting joy and fulfillment out of what we're doing, but also full service in being able to provide the maximum impact in what we're doing. Amen? Amen. All right. So I'm going to tell you right now what you should be doing is if you're into something, you should try it unless it's illegal (laughs) and immoral. But, you know, if there's a certain career or a certain interest that you have, you know, find a way to get around it. Get around people who do it. Get around that industry. You know, go to things where those people or those things are at. Do take internships. Work part-time jobs somewhere to say, I think I'd really like to work in the veterinary field and get a part-time job. Get a free-time job to, to just be there around it. And you realize... I don't really like animals. Okay, so I'm going to go over here and I'm going to try this. You know, it's, it's worth it to experiment a little bit to figure out how your, how, your, how your makeup, the way God has made you, fits with your passions. I think all of you probably right now know what you're passionate about. It's those things that when you do that you don't want to stop doing. It's those things that when you do where you engage in some activity, whether that's interacting with people, whether that's being creative, whether it's working with your hands, when you're done, you have more energy at the end than you had when you started that you can't wait to go do it again. Now, I I say this to the people who work for me all the time because so we've been very successful as a business. And when you're successful as a business, what happens is that people want to come work for you and people who are talented and have some skills, but it's not really what they want to do. They're just working a job. And so I, I, this, is a, this is a drum that I beat on a regular basis at our work because you know what? I want those people to quit, not because I want them to quit, but because I want them to be plugged in somewhere where they're really going to be fulfilled. Because when you're working in the world in a place that you're really getting fulfillment out of it, One, as the business owner, I'm going to love it because you're going to be doing an awesome job and you're going to love it and you're going to show up every day and be glad to be there. And so it's really important for us to figure that out. It might be harder for some of you to do, but it is worth the work to try to figure that out. 
get around it. So, you know, your life is not going to get less complicated as you get older. I'm just going to tell you that. It's not. Someday you'll get married. Someday you'll have kids. The layer of complication just adds on and on and on. So much better to figure this stuff out now. Do what you're made to do, not what you're paid to do. Don't make life choices based on money. I see that happen time and time again. People take jobs because of the money and really forfeit their souls, forfeit their lives, forfeit their relationships, crash and burn. Um, Money isn't worth it. Money has nothing to do with your happiness. It isn't worth it. Steve Jobs has this quote, if you're working on something exciting that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. I don't think Paul has to be made to come here on Tuesday nights. I don't think Paul has to be made to share the gospel with people. That vision pulls him along because he's figured out how God has made him and how it fits into the world. So so wherever you are in this process, and it is a process, and it could take some time, we have a responsibility to, to, to still work hard wherever we're at. Really, wherever we're at, even if we're at a job that we hate or we're, you know, doing something we don't like, we have a responsibility to work hard, to be a light, and to serve faithfully. All right, number five. I'm going long, Paul. I'm almost done. A couple more hours. Um, Number five, build your circle of influence. This one's huge, people. Successful people work hard to surround themselves with the right people, with the right people. They work hard to build not only their inner circle, but their outer circle. I'm going to explain a little bit what that means. One, our inner circle is like our closest friends. Those are people that you're hanging out with every day, that you're around, they're your bros, you know, those people that you're spending tons of time with. You could be your roommates, you know, whatever. And then you've got this bigger group, it's a community. This would be a great example of the community. You know, you guys have made a great choice of being here and surrounding yourself with these kind of people in the room, the community. And then you have a, a group that's outside of that that maybe you don't spend time with every single day, and they're not part of part of your inner circle or your community group, but these would be the people who are, are actually probably making some of the biggest impacts in your life because they're kind of separate from it and they get to look into your life and help you, and those would be your mentors, picking your mentors really well. Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. It's amazing how many times the scriptures in the Bible are just like, should end with, instead of amen, duh, you know? The, the power of proximity is a huge thing. Look carefully at your closest associations in life, because that is where you're headed. You know, you guys have all heard the, you're the average of your five closest friends, right? Have you guys heard that or heard some variation of that? Well, there's this theory called the five chimps theory. And in zoology, you can predict the mood or behavior of any chimp by the five chimps that they hang around with the most. So pick the right chimps. So, you know, so... As you're, as you're building your circle of influence and you're picking your chimps, um, you want to surround yourself with creative people, with loyal people, with people who share your vision and values, with wise and intelligent people, with people with complementary gifts, people with influence, people with faith, people with integrity. You want to surround yourself with good people, with the right people. They will shape your life. They will make or break your life. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, without good direction, people lose their way. The more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. 
Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. My greatest growth in life has been the result of people ahead of me who are willing to show me the way forward. My mentors have... I have mentors in every category of my life, and it's taken a while for me for, to build this list, but I have people in my finances, people in my fitness, people in my spiritual life, people in my business life, people in my music life. I have people who are farther down the road that, ha- that give me the privilege of having some of their time to be able to, to direct me, to guide me, to challenge me, to, to, to get me to think bigger, to get me to quit feeling sorry for myself, to kick me in the butt when I need it, you know, all of those things. Um, I'll give you one example. I have one person in my life who's a mentor, a business mentor of of mine. I I met him. We were both working for a client, consulting for a client. We met, we connected, um, and we just just hit it off. But he he has tons and tons of experience. This is my friend I was talking about who did the MBA course. But he is single-handedly responsible for the last three years of my business doubling because of his mentorship and him challenging me to do some things that, that I needed to do in my business to make it grow. Without him, my business would not be where it is today. So, so I, this is a Woodrow Wilson quote, but it's great. I not only use all the brains I have, but all the brains I can borrow. So I borrow a lot of brains, just let me tell you that. So, so the last common denominator on the list before I wrap up is... Be persistent and consistent. Successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do only occasionally or maybe not at all. Be persistent. Don't give up just because it's hard. Most people quit before they get to see the results of their work. Proverbs 24.10 says, if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. Duh. <laughs> James 1.12 said, God blesses people who patiently endure testing. Um, there's, this, there's this guy, who's a, he's a motivational speaker, but he's also a poet. His name is Seiko Andrews, and uh, he does these great, you should look him up on, uh, on YouTube, he does these great talks, and uh, um, he, he mixes in spoken word, he's way cooler than me, he wakes in, so he would be doing all of what I'm doing tonight, but like in spoken word in a rhyme, It'd be, it's really killer. Anyway, but he has this great quote, it says, you want to be the butterfly so badly, you're willing to give up the caterpillar. You want the success, but you're willing to give up that process of growth, that process of transformation, that process of change that gets you to that end result. Most of the time because we're afraid to stretch, and that's another little sub-point to this. Don't be afraid to stretch. If I've always done what I was qualified or ready to do, if I've only done what I'm qualified or ready to do, I would be pushing a broom somewhere. I really, I would be. I mean, my, a lot of my success has been like 70, 80%, okay, I think I have this, and 20%, I have no clue. Successful people take appropriate risks. They really do. They're willing to take the right, I mean, think about it. Amateurs built the ark. <laughs> I mean, God said, hey, we want you to do this, you know, and then they're like, Okay, well, I guess we're going to build this thing we've never built before for something we've never seen before, you know. Um, Noah was obedient, and he stepped out, and he stretched. Uh, there's a great scripture that really, to me, is the ultimate example of stretching. Matthew 14, 29, Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on the water 
to come to Jesus. To me, that's a huge stretch. It's just like people don't walk on water, right? He had to step out and make that stretch to be able to get to Jesus. So, you know, we need to have persistence, and then we need to be consistent. We need to have consistency. Consistency compounds. This is such a, again, I could go on in this section for a long time. This is so, so huge and important, is doing things with consistency. Proverbs 28, 20 says, committed and persistent work pays off. Get, get rich quick schemes are, are ripoffs. I, I think about the, the investment that I've made in quiet times when I started doing that. In fact, Tom Miller, who's one of my mentors on my list, is in the back of the room today. Um, he, you know, he gave me some tips and things when I was just young and figuring out, you know, about quiet times. And I discovered that there are 31 days in the month and there are 31 days in the book of Proverbs. And it was like, wow, God's so cool working that out. I was having a hard time reading the Bible every day. So like on the first day of the month, I read the first chapter of Proverbs. Hey, I can do that. On the second day of the month, I can read the second chapter of Proverbs. Hey, I can do that. And so I did that, and I started doing that month after month, and that's how it started. And then I started getting excited about what God was revealing to me in one book of the Bible. One book of the Bible, people. And I started reading more of the Bible, and I started getting more and more consistent with it. And then I got to look back over time and say, wow, God has actually given me some good things here. Like, all of a sudden, I have a better idea of how to handle life, and that was because of the consistency of just doing that. And it started small, and I built upon it, and I built upon it, and I built upon it. And I started realizing, hey, there's something to this consistency thing. I need to do more things on a regular basis that are going to make me better. I need to like work out on a regular basis because that's going to make me better, right? And there's some studs in the back of the room. I saw the beef when I walked in. So... <laughs> You know, you go to the gym and you pump iron for four hours for one day, you're going to be really swole and you're going to be really sore, right? But if that's all you do, that ain't going to get you much, right? The real growth from working out is doing it with consistency on a regular basis. That's where the results come from. That's where the results come from in life, period. It's doing things with consistency over time, doing the right things, and someday you're going to look back and you're like, holy smokes, look what I've accomplished. That's what's required to really make things happen in your life. The journey to success and growth is a lifetime journey, not a weekend trip, right? It's not a weekend trip. It, you, you plan to live a while, right? Anybody, everybody here plan to live to, to a really old age? You plan to live to be an old age? Raise your hand. Okay, you guys, the rest of you are dying tomorrow. So, so if you plan to live to be 70, 80, or 90, then you've got a whole road in front of you and guess what? If you do the work now, you do it with consistency when you're 30 or you're 40 or you're 50, you guys are going to be the bosses, you know? But, you, but start now, and I guarantee you won't regret it. So in closing, I asked the question in the beginning, how do I guarantee, a success, how do I guarantee success in life? Now, success isn't accumulating money. God might give us money. You know, it's not about possessions or power. Really, success is about obeying God and developing the right habits. It, it really is about being obedient, being faithful in my responsibilities and my faith and my family, and, and doing it consistently over time. When you're doing stuff, when you're doing the right things in the right way over time, like I was saying, you're going to look back five years, 10 years, 15 years, 
and you're going to see transformation. You're going to see it like you never saw it in the middle of the journey when you get to look back. I got a great picture of that in my own life. In 2009, 10 years ago, I, I watched my wedding video. And so it was 20 years prior to that. And so it was the first time that I'd watched my wedding video since the day I got married. I know, lame guy thing. My wife probably watched it 20, 30 times, but I hadn't watched it. So I saw this video and I saw me on the videotape and I was like, yeah, that's me, but that's not me. And so some of you know that I'm a musician, I'm a creative type. And so I, I wrote this poem after I had that experience of just seeing myself on video with this 20 year snapshot. It says, I saw a video of a yesterday where I was different in every way, a different face and shape and form, a different place I was before. I heard a voice from a yesterday. It was mine, but in a really unfamiliar way. It was a different tone and a different sound, and it was not the one that I found. It was a different tune I used to bring from this melody that now I love to sing, a different book I was reading from, a different storyline now that you have come, a different step I used to walk than the path I walk today, a different place and time I used to be, until you came around and rescued me. I'm different now than I was then. And it's because of Jesus Christ. And, and that is actually the real success. I get to live in eternity with him. I get to have the Holy Spirit in me, which is the ultimate mentor. <laughs> Um, you know, to guide me through life. And that really is where success starts. It's that, that is the first act of obedience. And all the other blessings that I've experienced have come after that first yes. There's a lot of other little yeses that I had to sit, make along the way. Um, but that, after that first yes, and if you haven't done that part, if you haven't committed your life to Christ, I would highly recommend it. It's a solid first step. It really is. It's a solid move. It's a boss move. You know, it's the first step in the growth plan of the rest of your life. So, you know, we need to make a plan. We need to, we need to, we need to be obedient. We need to make a plan. We need to figure out how God has made us. We need to figure out how that fits into the world. We need to figure out those people we're going to have around us that are going to help us be successful, help us have traction. Um, you know, we need to do things with consistency and with persistency. We need to not be wimps and give up. We need to keep going and understanding that, that at this success for every one of you is going to be this beautiful blend that God has made just for you just for you. It's not my success. It's going to be your success, and it's going to be this beautiful thing that God makes for you. Obedience to Christ really is the guarantee of a successful life. All those other things that I said are part of it, but that is the first thing. You do that, you're going to have success because you're going to change the way you think about success. And I want to leave you with this last thing because it's really, really, I think, the crux of all of this, what I said Growth's highest reward is not what we get from it, but what we become because of it. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah, let me pray. Let me pray with you guys. 
God, we thank you so much for your goodness and your love and um, that really when we dig into your word, like point number one, we dig into your word, you've given us the roadmap to our success and we just need to be obedient, read the Bible, study what it says and do what it says, God, and, and, and you will help us figure out how we're made and what our way forward is. God, and I'm grateful that you were able to do that for me. And I know that you have that power to do that for everybody here in this room. And we decided, I just pray that over these, uh, over all of these young people here, God, that you would just be helping them find their way of how you've uniquely made them and, and how they fit into the world and how they can live for maximum impact. God, I'm so grateful for the privilege to speak here tonight, and I just thank you, and I just pray all these things in your holy and powerful name. Amen.